Welcome! You are listening to the Overseas Life Redesign Podcast, where you'll hear fun, relaxed, and inspirational interviews with people who are really living the dream. I'm Dawn Fleming, an attorney-turned-alchemist and your host for the show, coming to you from the tropical island paradise of Isla Mujeres, Mexico. This show was created for courageous souls willing to step out of their comfort zone and design a new way of life. You'll gain inspired midlife wisdom from those who have done it as we share experiences, strategies, and offer practical steps you can take to redesign your life overseas. Listen, and you'll believe if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Hello, welcome to Magnetic Monday with Dawn. I'm happy to be with you today. I've got a fun topic to talk about. I know it might not sound like that much fun, but it actually is. And that is what is work, the highest and best use of your life energy. And um, we're not going to get really into like the nitty gritty specific, like what should you do for work? Because obviously we can, it's different for everybody. But as I was getting ready for this talk, I, I was actually thinking back, I think it's this next month. It will be 45 years since I had my very first job, aside from babysitting. Any, anybody start out babysitting? That was kind of my, my first paid gig when I was younger. But my first job where I actually got a paycheck was working at A&W as a car hop. And being from Minnesota, of course, A&W was only open seasonally. And it was about this time of year, I think, that, that I got hired on. They hired 15-year-olds, uh, which I was at that time. And we could only work till 8 p.m. in the evenings. But I remember um, how excited I was to, to start that first job. And then, you know, fast forward uh, quite a few years, I guess it was uh, 2000. So uh, at that point, I was a bit older, I had been working as an attorney, I actually had my own practice. And then I went back in as an employee at a law firm. And I shouldn't have I should have just stayed as an independent contractor, but they told me how great it was going to be to to be part of the firm. And I, I bought into it. And I ended up getting fired. And so that was 2000. That was the last job I ever had. And aside from, you know, writing, signing my own paycheck, which, um, which we do as entrepreneurs, uh, hopefully. So we're going to dive into this whole concept of work and really, you know, the highest and best use of your energy. I kind of borrowed that from real estate, right? Uh, the best value you can get in real estate is, is when a property is utilized at its highest and best use. And our life energy is really what we have to bring to the table in terms of our work. And so that's what we're trading away for a paycheck if we're talking about paid work. But I want to start off with just some general quotes about what is work. And the first one's from an economist, E.F. Schumacher. He wrote a book in 19, that was published in 1979 called Good Work. And he's a, an influential 20th century economist. He says, there, the three purposes of human work are as follows. The first is to provide necessary and useful goods and services. 
The second is to enable every one of us to use and thereby perfect our gifts like good stewards. Third, to do so in service to and in cooperation with others so as to liberate ourselves from our inborn egocentricity. And then we shift over to the late economist Robert Theobald in his book, The Rapids of Change, which was published in 1987. He says, work is defined as something that people do not want to do and money as the reward that compensates for the unpleasantries of work. Anyone relate to that? The unpleasantries of work? Uh, if you're, you're working a job you don't love, um, that's, that could be the case. Another quote from Studs Terkel, uh, he wrote a book called Working. People talk about what they do all day and how they feel about what they do. It's a, a book from 1974, and he describes it this way. This book, being about work, is by its very nature about violence to the spirit as well as to the body. It is about ulcers as well as accidents about shouting matches, as well as fistfights, about nervous breakdowns, as well as kicking the dog around. It is above all, or beneath all, about daily humiliations. To survive the day is triumph enough for the walking wounded among the great many of us. It is about a search, too, for daily meaning, as well as daily bread, for recognition as well as cash, for astonishment rather than to pour, in short, for a sort of life rather than a Monday through Friday sort of dying. Hmm, that doesn't sound very good, does it? And then uh, 20th century poet uh, Khalil Gibran, in his, his book, The Prophet, which was published in 1969, he says, work is love made visible. So, what is work? A blessing? A curse? Let's look at the history a little bit. Marshall Sollins wrote a book called Stone Age Economics in 1972, and he studied the Kung men and women tribe in the Kalahari, and he found that they, prior to Western influence, we'll say, these folks worked on average about 15 hours a week for their survival. They were hunters and gatherers. So the men worked um, about three days, or excuse me, three hours a day. And the women, same thing. They gathered about three hours a day. And then they had the rest of their time was leisure. So, you know, he says about three hours a day is all we need for basically subsistence level. I don't know when that was, was studied, but the book was published in 1972. So if you look at the Great Depression, at that point, not working meant unemployed, which was a negative, right? People couldn't find work. And so not working was not a good thing. And it was something to be feared because if you didn't work, you didn't eat. So that's sort of how things came to be in um, viewed in the depression. And then since that, in a, a quote by Benjamin Klein Hunnicutt in his book, Work Without End, he says, since the depression, 
few Americans have thought of work reduction as a natural, continuous, and positive result of economic growth and increased productivity. Instead, additional leisure has been seen as a drain on the economy, a liability on wages, and the abandonment of economic progress. We don't want that, right? So in that sense, work equal consumption, right? I, I talked about that last week during the uh, economic satisfaction discussion that, you know, we're, we're never supposed to be satisfied, right? So for us to work means we generate money, which means we can consume. So it's, it's that treadwell, tread, treadmill that we, we get stuck on. And I can't help but, but interject in here um, the prostitute archetypes. So uh, if you study archetypes at all, there are basically four that we all have. And one's the child, one is the prostitute. And, and by prostitute, I, I don't, it sounds like a negative, but it's really not. It really just means what are we willing to exchange our, our life energy, right, for and in, in terms of pay. And um, when you think about, about this archetype, think about the, the, uh, the, the, the concept of the starving artist, right? Or the starving actor. And a lot of times, you know, they're told, or even people in that industry, if you're an artist or, or an actor and you have children, you're like, oh, don't do this, right? Go, go to school, get, get a real job. Don't follow in my footsteps, and so we make choices about our work based on economics rather than what is fulfilling or what utilizes our God-given potential and natural talents. And so that's part of that prostitute archetype. We basically sell our soul for money rather than follow our passion or purpose or, or things that bring us joy. So when you, when you look at what having a job means, it has become the answer to religious questions. If you think about it, who am I? Why am I here? What is the meaning of life? Where do I belong? These types of questions, jobs have been sort of the filler because people have gravitated away from the religions. They're, they're losing their flocks, right? The, the religions are, are sort of dying off. And so the job has sort of filled that void that previously uh, religious contemplation uh, would encourage. So let's shift over to the purpose of work and take a moment and, and look at that. When you think about, you know, what, you know, why do you do what you do to earn a living? Um, you know, what, what is it that, that motivates you to get out of bed and go to work each day? So there's a list of potential purposes of uh, paid employment. And um, I, one of uh, my workshop attendees actually referred me to this book last year and, and I love it. It's a, it's a great book. It's older. It's been uh, revised and updated, but um, I'll put a link in the uh, show notes in the, in the comments. Uh, your Money or Your Life is the name of the book. Nine Steps to 
uh, Transforming Your Relationship with Money and Achieving Financial Independence uh, by Vicki Robin. And in there, they talk about the various purposes that, that paid employment has. And so as you go through, as I list these, think about, you know, are these reasons why you work? So earning money is the obvious one, right? To provide for ourselves and our family for savings, philanthropy, and achieve that financial independence that doesn't exist I talked about last week. A sense of security, right? So you um, you have security that, you know, your job is secure. I, I'm not sure about that. And benefits, that's frequently, uh, when I talked to Lisa Godfrey, she talked about still working because of the benefits, part of them being retirement benefits. Um, maybe it's tradition if it's a particularly if you're talking about a family uh, tradition or, or you know, if following in a particular profession or maybe uh, working in a family business, it could be that or some sort of duty to the family. Maybe sometimes uh, people join the military for that reason. You know, their, their grandparents and, and parents maybe were in the military. So that might be part of it. Service. You contribute to others. You um, maybe you're doing work that you know has a bigger purpose in the world, and and you know that will be the change that you wish to see in the world. And aligning your your skills to helping others. Uh, learning maybe that's part of it. You you are in a job and and you're learning. You're acquiring new skills. This is particularly true uh, early on in our career, right? We're we're really um, almost apprentices in a lot of uh, job situations. You know, maybe it's stimulation to be challenged. Maybe it, some of it has to do with power. You have the ability to influence others or the decisions or outcomes that are made. Um, you get respect, admiration from others. Maybe you will achieve success or prominence in your field. And then it, socializing. A, a lot of people, that's a big part of their, their socializing. And that's one of the sad parts about COVID, right? We lost that ability to socialize um, with our coworkers. And a lot of times people really feel an affinity with their coworkers. I know, you know, my friend, friend Lori's worked for the county for, you know, decades and she's worked for home from home now for a long time. But when she went into the office, that was a big part of her social circle and they would get together and do things outside of work. And that was part of your larger community your, your sense of belonging, and then structuring your time. And that's something people struggle with a lot in retirement, um, to give you an orderly rhythm to your life. And how do you do that when you leave a job and you don't have that structure in your life anymore? A lot of folks really struggle with that. We'll be back in a moment. Isla Mujeres is a Caribbean jewel off the coast of Cancun. Castillito del Caribe warmly invites you to enjoy our spectacular oceanfront villa located in the heart of El Centro and a short walk to Playa Norte, which is ranked one of the top 10 beaches in the world. With an ocean view of crystal clear turquoise waters overlooking both the Caribbean and Cancun city skyline, we offer a fabulous location for you to enjoy all the peace and tranquility you're looking for on vacation, while also taking in all the excitement the island has to offer, with activities either in walking distance or a golf cart day excursion away. Please visit 
castelitocaribe.com www.castelitocaribe.com We look forward to seeing you soon. Is it time to go? Are you starving for adventure and new experiences? Ready to lower your living costs and upgrade your quality of life? Do you long for the freedom to live anywhere with the economic satisfaction of earning in paradise? Imagine waking up in paradise every day saying, pinch me, is this real? You can live a happier, healthier, and more joyful life. Don't know where to start? Then grab our free paradise checklist to begin dreaming again and start defining your paradise. It's waiting for you at paradisechecklist.com. Welcome back to the Overseas Life Redesign podcast. Thank you so much for being here. And we invite you to subscribe if you like what you hear. So if you go through those, that list of things that I uh, mentioned, there's really, you can divide the list into two categories. One is material, right? So the money piece of it, the, the, what you can get um, out of uh, financially out of a job. And then the second piece of it is, or the second purpose is personal. So that's your mental stimulation, your spiritual, your emotional fulfillment needs. So you've got these two purposes when you look at work. And the, the other book that I've been reading uh, lately, I'll put a link in uh, to this one too, because I'm really loving this one. A gentleman by the name of Mitch Anthony wrote a book called The, Re- the New Retirementality. And he defines work, I really like this, and that's why I wanted to share it, as an engagement that brings value to others and meaning to me. And I love that this definition of work actually applies to both paid and unpaid work. So the, the, the separating the money from the meaning, if you will, because ultimately the old notion of retirement as leisure just is not fulfilling. We're, we're seeing that time and time again. And in fact, self-indulgence, this idea that, oh, you're, you're just this person of leisure is really unappealing. Um, I mentioned, you know, few people have boredom on their bucket list and that ends up happening when folks are, are enter retirement and, and really aren't prepared for the drastic change in their lifestyle from what they were doing previously to what they do in their retirement. And some of these problems include the loss of identity. And this is especially true with your professionals, right? Your doctors, your lawyers, your accountants, your, you know, your dentists, folks like that, who are used to having a particular status in their profession. That's their, their ego identified. I, I often share people used to say to me all the time, Don, you don't seem like an attorney. And, and I said, well, that's because I'm not, it just happens to be what I do for a living. 
I didn't intertwine my ego, my uh, self-identity as a lawyer that didn't define who I am. It merely defined what I did as work. But we see this a lot. And, and the, the old adage, they go from who's who to who's he or she. That can be a problem. The loss of community, as I mentioned. If your social network is involves work a lot, if you, you spend time with your coworkers outside of work, that can be huge. That can be a big part of your loss of community. Um, you're also uh, talking about a loss of mental stimulation. Tom talked about this when he, he was concerned about his brain atrophying because he used it so much in his design work as an electrical engineer. And then, you know, when he went to work at the shipyard, he got to use those uh, creative uh, mental uh, capacities. And there's lots of research that shows it's important for you to keep doing that. So fortunately, we've been uh, having him design, you know, all the improvements we've done to Castillo and, and he's worked on um, some other projects for some of our clients as well. But that can be a big part of it, the loss of, of mental stimulation. Fears about money due to the loss of income. And this can persist well into retirement, even when there's plenty of money. I think about um, my friend Anne in California, her mom uh, died worth about 4 million bucks. And she was such a penny pincher. She would never spend money. It used to drive Anne crazy. And, and Anne was had done well for herself. She had, had saved and invested. And she's like, and she was uh, her, her, she was the only child, her sister had passed. And so she's like, mom, I don't need your money, like spend it. And, you know, they won't. And then uh, Tom just uh, called his aunt Joe for, for mother's day. And, and she's all concerned about, they have plenty of money. They've done really, really well. They've, they've saved their, their frugal and they just, it just gets into habit. It's like, oh, I don't have a paycheck, so I can't spend money. And um, you know, particularly uh, women of that generation, they can they can be at that extreme, or they can be at the other extreme, uh, which her sister was, and and not really appreciating the limited nature of the funds and going through them quickly. So there can be an extreme at either end, uh, particularly if they're not used to managing the money. And, and I don't know um, if that was the case there. Boredom, not knowing how to fill your time. That's a big problem in retirement, especially, like I said, if folks haven't really planned for it, they just don't know what to do with themselves. They don't have a reason to get up in the morning and get out of bed. Or it could, there could be friction. Um, maybe there's too much time with the spouse. You're not used to being together so much. Um, Tom jokes when, when I, uh, when he moved in with me, he was uh, going out on his own, uh, starting his own business. And I said, I work from home. You can't. <laughs> and he went and got a shop around the corner. It was only half a mile from the house, but he had his little workspace and I had my workspace. We, we weren't, you know, he might come home for lunch or something, but we weren't there all day together. And uh, it, it worked out well for us. And then of course, you know, we were on the sailboat and, and together all the time, you better like each other. Um, because the space gets small and that can happen in retirement a lot. So we need to stay challenged or decline is inevitable. That's, that's fact. So retirement is bad 
for our health and our longevity. When I talk about retirement, meaning to stop working is really not good for us. In fact, in 2012, uh, there was a study done at the University of Zurich. They tracked blue collar workers who retired early and they found a higher mortality rate for each one year of early retirement that this group of workers took, they lost two months in life expectancy. In 2010, uh, morality, uh, mortality study that um, compared two groups of men ages 50 to 70 years old, one group worked, one group stopped working and retired. The death rates were half for the men who were still working versus those who had retired and stopped working. And you might say, oh, well, yeah, maybe the retired ones uh, were in poor health. And, you know, but no, in the study, it actually said they excluded anybody who was disabled or in poor health from the study because they didn't want that to skew the results. They, so these were healthy retired men, 50 to 70 year olds, not just, you know, the infirm. And then a study uh, in France by the organization INSERM found for each additional year of work, you had a 3.2% reduced risk of dementia. So that's, there's that brain at work again, right? And whether it's learning something new, whether it's um, being you know, part of a community, whether it's the social aspect of it, there's a lot of factors going um, on as demonstrated by the list of, of reasons that people work, right? So if you can continue to work in some capacity or not, whether you need money or not, that's huge. That can make a huge difference in not only how long you live, but the quality of your life as you uh, go through those midlife years. The conclusion is we need to work. So whether that means redefining what work means to you so that it is something that's attractive, like I said, this new retirementality definition, an engagement that brings value to others and meaning to me. So you don't have to be paid for it. If you, if you need to be paid for it, you can, but that's a great goal for any type of work that we want to engage in. So I think it's uh, interesting food for thought. So love to hear your, your feedback on that. And we'll talk more about how to figure out what, you know, how to find work that you love that, that will, you know, check the boxes for whatever it is you need to work work to fulfill for you. So that's what I have for you today. I uh, want to make an announcement next week. We are going to have an anniversary party. It is May 16th is Tom and I's anniversary and we will be celebrating 19 years of marriage next Monday. And we will be having a anniversary and farewell party on Zoom. 
farewell. Hmm, saying goodbye. Where are we going? Well, you'll have to join us to find out because we uh, have some really exciting things in store. And I look forward to having you join us on Zoom. Tom is going to share how he manifested crewing on the winning sailboat in the annual Foxy's Wooden Boat Regatta in British Virgin Islands. It's an amazing story. So we'll kick it off with that. And then we're going to open it up for uh, Ask Us Anything Q&A session with Tom and I. We do ask you sub- that you submit your questions in advance so that we can uh, you know, organize them and, and have appropriate responses ready for you. You can either send me a private message or email, or just go ahead and comment on uh, either this post or the event post for next Monday when I uh, put that in the group. And I hope you can join us. It'll, it'll be a lot of fun. We'll uh, chill down some bubbly and, and make it a real celebration. So have a great evening. And I will see you in the group and next week at the anniversary and farewell party on Zoom. Take care, everybody. This episode of the Overseas Life Redesign podcast was brought to you by our sponsors. Thanks for tuning in. Did you love this episode of the Overseas Life Redesign podcast? Then please subscribe to our show and leave us a nice review. It's very much appreciated. We invite you to visit paradisechecklist.com and download our free Paradise Checklist to start your journey. We'd also love for you to become part of our Claim Your Dream Life community. Thank you for listening.